Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Stream Queens Podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films that you can stream on the internet. I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me is my co-host, whose name you should never say five times, Mars, 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 Mars. <laughs> yeah, I'd find you anyway. <laughs> awesome. I hope so. I would be very sad if, yeah, I mean, like, if I had to go out, I feel like that's how I would want to do it. Does that mean pop up behind you in the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it'll be fun before it's not fun, right? Rachel, hi. Stab, stab, stab. Bees. <laughs> oh, how are you doing? There's a lot of bees in tonight's episode. Yeah, it was wasn't very great. triggering for you? Wasn't my favorite. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. That's tough. Well, we have a very exciting episode for everybody today. Get stoked. Because not only are we reviewing 1992's Candyman, which gonna be an interesting experience in 2020 <laughs> uh but we invited on some very very cool guests uh well i mean justin's cool larry's okay oh <laughs> yeah that's what i'm talking about <laughs> i'm just kidding i love you both okay allow me to introduce the hosts of the here's johnny podcast larry and justin hello hi i'm justin I'm Larry. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about the Here's Johnny podcast? Yeah, for sure. So we are a weekly horror podcast. Uh, we started in 2018, and kind of the main idea of the show is we review horror films and video games that fall within the same like subgenre of horror. So like zombies, um, vampires, crazy people, whatever it might be. And then we look at themes that run through all of those like media. Yeah, I mean, we we also do like interviews when we get a chance. And yeah, yeah we've been lucky enough to have people such as uh, Ashley Blackwell, who produced Horror Noir for Shutter, which actually hit on a lot of stuff. Candyman. We've had on Ben Rock, who helped make Blair Witch Project and Shutter's um, Video, Video Palace. Palace. Yeah, and yeah, it's just. Honestly, me and Justin are just two internet friends who enjoy scary stuff. And yeah, we're we are okay. uh, uh, we're actually an international horror podcast. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we did so try branding fancy. it that way for a while. <laughs> that is true. All right. Did, what do you guys? So you're in from Canada. Yes, I from am. The Midwest. Yep. Yep. Nice, nice, nice. Very cool. So on your podcast, you guys do a little thing where you ask a lot of questions. We do. To get to know, kind of get the flavor of the people that are on the podcast. So we thought we would we would do the same thing. In fact, we're lifting your entire format for this episode. <laughs> and not right. just because we're lazy, which we are, but also because like we're a little unstructured on the Stream Queens, as anyone who has listened in the past knows. Um <laughs> And we thought that might be insane with four people. We barely can keep it under control, too. <laughs> Plus, we want to, like, really sort of highlight what it is about Here's Johnny that makes it really special. It's a really cool podcast. I've been well, lucky enough to be on there a couple times. Mars and I were on there together recently. Yep, usually we review good stuff, but sometimes we get three from hell. And... Woof. Hey, okay. hey, 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 hey. I, I mean, that. We, we did do Vampire Hunter D, which nobody should ever have to go through, Larry. Yeah, but Three from Hell is just a travesty on all levels. Yeah, okay, well, we did Indigenous, so... That is true. We, the thing is, is, we kind of specialize in, like... It's like Edge... It's like Netflix Edge Play. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you are mainstream with us, then. Yeah, definitely. This is actually one where it's kind of a... I mean, the bad ones are also fun to review, 
but not always fun to watch. But yeah, yeah. this one was kind of like, oh, this is going to be easy. And but the twisty twist is like, in some ways, this one was pretty hard to watch. Yes. So, which we'll get into. <laughs> but anyway, so so like I said, we're going to steal your format, um, okay. starting with the questions that you like to ask at the um, anytime you have someone new on the show. But we're going to ask stream queen questions. Perfect. Okay. Right. Okay. So let's start with the most important one. Is it rude to take off your shoes when you go in someone's house for the first time? Or is it rude not to? Oh, it's absolutely rude not to. I actually always ask. Caveat, they haven't, they haven't <laughs> specified, right? But what is, what is your, your motto? Like when you go into someone new's house, shoes off? I, I, would, shoes I would have to ask what the layout of the front door is when you um, walk in. Is there a carpet with a pile of shoes? Or is it just mm. like nothing? Or like a carpet and just like no shoes in sight. So your your thing is, is you would like look around to see if there were shoes and follow that cue? I mean, I'm Canadian. I have to be <laughs> nice, right? <laughs> okay. So that's a dodge. How about you, Karen? <laughs> Honestly, how I usually approach it is I look to see when the, the host opens the door. So, like, for example, my boss, um, she's a professor at OSU, so a nice fancy house, right? Mm-hmm. And she opened the door, she was wearing socks, so I assumed it was taking shoes off, and I was right. So that's usually, I kind of um, am observant of what's going on. Gotcha. Are you worried that you're immediately darting your eyes toward their feet are going to make you, them think you have a foot I'm thing? hoping I'm fast enough to go next. <laughs> 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 it's a quick little jot down. <laughs> Not a slow plan and yeah, linger. Yeah, I, I don't linger on the feed. I always send a long message. I didn't even like hearing that sentence. I know. <laughs> yeah, that so was this, a, this uh... is a topic that has divided the podcast and our listeners for a long time because I'm a very like take your shoes off kind of person and Mars is like, you don't aren't allowed to have feet in her presence. Like <laughs> I like to pretend that humans just have shoe pegs that pop onto the ends of your legs. <laughs> yeah, I, personally, like for me, I don't like shoes in my apartment because I want people to be comfortable, and I feel like shoes make you uncomfortable. So, like, if you come over, like, I want you to like sit and like sprawl out and like let yeah, a because... dog or a cat sit in your lap and just chill. So, I feel like shoes Aww. stop that comfort. From happening. See, I was telling Rachel the first time we ever had this conversation, I was like, if I know people are coming over, I put shoes on. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> and I'm like a very shoe off kind of person because yeah. to me, I just think shoes are filthy and gross. I don't want yep. that on my carpet. Uh, I mean, not I only like are shoes the worst, but there's nothing like, I- I'm going to go an extra layer here, but like that feeling you get when you take your socks off at the end of the day. Oh, sublime. That's Mars has exited the chat. (laughs) That's gross. You you need need to wear socks. I I don't sit there and like sniff my feet when I take it off. If you're in a a group setting, though, you should have socks on. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like when when I'm at home, when I'm at home after a long day of work and I'm like, oh, peel off these nasty socks. Oh, perfect. (laughs) That's awesome. Then do you put on like a pair of like fuzzy, like nice ones or do you just like. I go bare. I go bare. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Don't do ever that. tell me they're not spicy up in Canada. <laughs> yeah, no. No? No, I, I mean, when I, when I go to sleep, I don't wear them, but usually I'm, I have, like, running socks. That okay, I I, th- that is one thing I do have to ask everybody here. You guys don't okay. wear socks while you sleep, right? No. No. Yes. You're a monster. <laughs> Just get cold. <laughs> That's Your what the blankets are for. No, but then your like feet 
I mean, I don't know. I'm a restless sleeper. My feet are all over the place. Like I can't. <laughs> and, and if I don't, then I find myself all night trying to like make a little like blanket burrito around my feet. And ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Okay, you're just like my kid. <laughs> Wait a minute, Mars. Do you do you sleep barefooted? Yeah. Whoa. I know. So shower and bed are the only places. <laughs> okay, I am so. Barefoot. Do you okay? Here's another question. We're just gonna stay on the foot topic all day, so the fetishists <laughs> in the audiences are just gonna have great time with this episode. Um, do you wash your feet or just like let the soap run down? Yeah, and, like so... stomp around. It depends. It depends on this. If it's just like an everyday, like oh, I just went to work and now I'm taking a shower. Soap run down. If it's okay. like a oh, I've been outside or I've been doing something that you know. Uh-huh, definitely. Yeah, for me, I wrestled from, like, third grade until, like, my junior year of college. And then, so, like, I, like, they really ingrained in you, like, wash your whole body or you're going to get ringworm. So, Ooh. I'm, like, a constant. Oh, that <laughs> happened at my high school. I'm, like, a scrub every inch of my body till it's a different color and then stop showering. Dude, Yikes. yeah, when I was in high school, our entire wrestling team and the visiting wrestling team got ringworm. Yep, it's because you have dirty, <laughs> nasty people rolling around not showering themselves. Sim- simple to solution to most disease outbreaks wash your damn hands that's right pretty, that's pretty much very why do we need rule. a special occasion to make us want to wash our hands yeah i don't understand yeah i am yeah. a i am a full body scrubber with the loofah i admit that fully i have no problem with it turn your skin and, red you did a good job you know don't be don't be ashamed that's a good habit yeah. to have jesus <laughs> how about you uh justin are you a foot scrubber or do you just let gravity do the work oh i see i i i, I <laughs> okay that's one way to put it uh, <laughs> uh no i because i do like a lot of labor work at my work uh-huh. um i i clean my feet like crazy they're in those like stanky ass work boots all day so okay. yeah i, I scrub I am pretending I am in a million different places than right here. <laughs> it's like, leave your body. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, if it helps, I'm not going to like take a video of me cleaning my feet and send it to you guys. Please uh, don't. Patreon. <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> I will quit the podcast if you make that a Patreon. <laughs> All right. Enough foot talk. Let's move on to another topic. And, and that is. What is your favorite cryptid and or urban legend? Okay, cool. Actually, we, we kind of almost like butted heads a little bit about this when we first started Ooh, the po- our podcast. Hot topic. We did? Well, we didn't really like butt heads, but like, do you remember when we did like that ghost stories episode and it took me an hour to get one out because I didn't oh. want to do it Well, because I don't know them? Well, you, well, you weren't used to like talking at all. So like trying to get you to tell a ghost story like you were sitting around a campfire was like pulling teeth. Yeah. I like that in a Canadian's yeah. perspective, taking a long time to tell a story is butting heads. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> it got hot, you guys. It got hot. <laughs> Go all right, ahead, well, Jack. what is your favorite cryptid? Oh, I don't know, Larry. You got to go first. I don't all know. Right. So I have a hard time with it because so I'm a zoology major. That's what I got my degree in. And there was a point in time before I ended up on the career path that I'm on where I was watching a lot of History Channel and they had that cryptozoology show. Yeah. And I was emailing people who I saw on that show asking if I could come work for them. And they all said that we can't pay you. And I had student loans on the horizon, so I couldn't do it. So I actually love cryptozoology. Like the whole idea of it is amazing for me. 
And since my first love is the ocean, I will have to say giant squid. They're kind of Ooh. proved now, right? Like, yeah, they, I was like, they, those they, are those are real though. They do exist, but I'm talking like the monsters, Kraken. right? Yeah, they're the real monsters. And then the one I have a hard time with, and I'm not sure if it follows encrypteds anymore, are aliens. Oh, I, oh, mean, I think I think they're their own category. Yeah. I, you can't see behind me, but like literally, I have the poster from X Files. I want to believe on my wall. I I love X Files. I I don't know. There's just something about aliens, and I think they make the the world more fun. I, I'm not someone who like watches Ancient Aliens and signs on <laughs> with all the thoughts, <laughs> yes, but they are fun really to watch. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm somewhere between the Kraken or uh, aliens if they count. Awesome. I mean, my answer right. is going to sound a lot worse now. So I uh, had to Google cryptids. <laughs> and... Oh, hunty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and the only one I really recognize is the Kraken or the Loch Ness Monster. So I'll go with one of those two. Oh, no Bigfoot aficionados up in here. Okay. okay. Actually, um, uh, my one of my older brothers uh, lives in one of the largest Bigfoot hunting sites in Canada. Oh yeah, so he Ohio is actually a large uh, locale for Bigfoot hunters. There's a convention every single year in Southern Ohio. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Huh. Yeah, it's actually we, on my bucket I, list we, to go check it out. Like they sell like T-shirts and they go on like Bigfoot hikes and stuff through like Southern Ohio wilderness. Oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it does, and like it actually sounds really fun. I just went on a road trip recently to Willow Creek. Like, once you get into those woods, like I'm like Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Then I got into the woods and I was like, oh my god, he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're you're totally looking. right because like I spent the last year in Utah, and Dev and I would go on walks, and sometimes like because you're on a mountain, right, you can kind of like go off trail a little bit, and man, you lose track sight of that trail when it gets a little bit quieter. Mm. It it goes from like a nice little enjoyable thing to very scary, and yeah, I don't know, there's. There's something about the woods that always uh, keeps you on edge. I think humans just naturally fear the woods and deep water, which makes sense for Bigfoot and Kraken then. Man, you guys are always coming back to feet. <laughs> Sasquatch. I mean, Sasquatch. It's a horror podcast. It's the things that scare us. Okay? Yeah. Like, All right. Fair enough. Fair why enough. is it just the things that scare Mars? <laughs> Another great transition. Oceans or lakes? A, do you go in either? And if so, which one? All right. So... I do not go in the ocean. Mm. I don't. I would go on a boat, but I would not go on a cruise. Like I would go like on a smaller boat. I would always want to be able to see the land. When it comes to lakes, though, it doesn't bother me. No, you're not worried like something's going to touch your foot. No, well, that happens all the time. Oh my! I remember actually growing up. I was like seven or eight, and my dad has this hunting property with a nice farm pond on it. And I was swimming across it, and my foot hit a log that was, like, under the water, and I thought it was an alligator, and I freaked out and started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I've never identified with you that. more, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I don't know, like, for me, it's, like, for lakes, like, there's, there's like, bacteria and stuff, but that's not a big problem. But in the ocean, like, there's just so much stuff out there that does not give a damn that humans think mm. they're cool. And I don't, like, putting myself in their turf, so I kind of right. stay out of it. You don't want to be on the plate. Got it. Yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Steve Irwin can't survive out there, I, I sure as hell can't. So. Yeah. 
I don't really That's have a, a fun answer. <laughs> Man, you got like a fun background to everything. I'm just going to say lakes because I don't know. They're smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a fear of the ocean? Uh, no, but I know not to fuck with it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, okay. that that's it. All right, fair enough. I feel like we know you guys a little bit better. Okay. Especially Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wanted to mention, sorry, I don't know if this is the right time, but I listened to your guys' episode about the Lost Boys. Okay. And I just needed to tell you that one of my current, like, you know, given the red opportunity, current retirement plans is totally becoming a vampire. So... Thank you. Right. So oh, you're more on my side than, than Justin when it came to that whole yeah. discussion. Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. You. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I, mean, I felt it was very important that I let you know. Well, I appreciate that... it because Justin took 30 years <laughs> oh, to watch the damn so, movie. Oh, was so, like, immediately anti. I'm like, what, you wouldn't even consider it? Yeah, exactly. He's like, no way. He's like, are you kidding me? Like, maybe now I'd think about it because, like, I'm older and, like, life is happening. But when I was 20, 21, I would have absolutely sold my soul. I would have hung out with Keith or Sutherland, and I would have rode bikes yes. and worn that. 100%. I would do a lot of stuff for job it. security. And like, I still might do it now. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I'd give it a good long thing. Yeah, I wouldn't just say no. I would chew on it overnight. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Should we get started on our review of Candyman? Your call? Uh, I guess we have to. I mean, we gotta do it, right? <laughs> Is this the part in the in the episode where you would put in the trailer? Yes? No? Or like the, the theme music or something. Usually, like the transition music Ooh, happens. Okay, yeah. cool. Because you know, I'm gonna try to like totally bite your style. So I gotta, like, get all the musical cues and stuff. Can uh, can we hold real quick? I have to open another beer. Yeah. yeah. I like how I started doing it before I got all the yeses. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if Justin was like, "I'm triggered." <laughs> Can we talk about fiends dead? I can't <laughs> just cough real loud while I'm <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So we are going to be talking about Candyman from 1992. Very excited to revisit this classic since I think we're all greatly anticipating the new one coming out in June, directed by a woman, Nia DaCosta. And um, they didn't do my, my man bad. Tony Todd will be in the film. Yeah, I mean, essential, right? Yes. When, they, when I found it, out that they didn't even interview him for it, and then obviously she corrected that, I, mm-hmm. I was a little bit bummed out. When, but they fixed it. But when that yeah, they were trying to like make it a surprise? Yeah, I don't know. Because he's the one who came out and said that no one even talked to him about it. No one asked him to come back and reprise yeah, it. I mean, I, I don't blame him for being like a little hurt that he wasn't the first person that they came to. If the story yeah. doesn't dictate it, that's fine. But I think you still need to talk to the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's iconic. Like, uh, you know, there's a handful of top-tier horror icons, like, you know, like your Freddy Jasons. And, like, he's, if not in the A class, at least in the B class. And, oh, yeah. And he, But he also has, you know, he's, like, the only person of color. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. how are you going to, like, he, that adds extra import, like, the fact that he is, like, representative of a very underrepresented um, group of people, so that's crazy. Yeah, you're you're totally right. And he's right. Tony motherfucking Todd. <laughs> yes. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. So uh, this we're gonna review the original one, um, and maybe talk a little bit at the end about how we're feeling about the one coming out okay. next. Um, okay. But let's go ahead and start with a little background about the movie. So, Larry, would you mind giving us some production information? On I would love to. Uh, feel free to pause me and ask questions or fill something in that I forget. I do not contend that this is perfect. But Candyman, 1992 American supernatural horror film, written and directed by Bernard Rose. 
This is perhaps his most well-known film, but he also directed the horror film Paper House, which I had never yes. even heard of before. Oh, you should good? check it out. Yeah, I don't know. That sounded like it was fat. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's both, but it's really interesting. Okay. Like it's definitely as a horror fan and then someone who likes, like we describe it up your own ass. Um, yep. already horror. Yeah, yeah, need to say it. <laughs> and he directed the historic romances Immortal Beloved and Anna Karina. 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 Anna Karina. Uh, the film stars Tony Todd as a titular villain, Virginia Madison as Helen Lyle, and Vanessa Williams as Anna Marie McCoy. Um, Todd, like we already talked about him, super well-known. Uh, he is a top-tier villain in Candyman. Uh, he's also Death's agent in the Final Destination films. That's right. Uh, Madison has been in a ton of stuff, and I kind of just picked her most famous role, which was Maya in the 2004 film Sideways, which she was nominated for the mm. Golden Globe and Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. And fun fact, I found out that she was actually married to Danny Houston, who was the leader of the Vampire Gang in Third Days of Night. What? Oh, interesting. Yeah, for like three years, from like 89 to 92, something like that. All right. And then Vanessa Williams, who appears in the new Candyman 2020 trailer. Uh, she's well known for her role in Melrose Place and Soul Food. The film is based on the short story from Clive Barker called The Forbidden. Barker's story focused on the British class system in contemporary Liverpool, but Bernard Rose wanted to take those same issues, apply them to modern America, and discuss race, which is why the film takes place in the projects of Chicago, specifically at Cabrini Green. It was scored by Philip Glass, who is a prolific musician with multiple Academy Awards under his belt, and fun fact, I found out, again, Diving through Wikipedia, that Glass was the composer who was brought in by Universal to recreate the original score from the Dracula film 1931 back in 1999. Really? Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Damn. Shot on a budget of somewhere between eight and nine million dollars, the film went on to gross over 25 million at the box office. It spawned two sequels, which were ugh, Candyman: <laughs> Throw of the Flesh and Candyman: Day of the Dead. And coming to theaters in June of this year, Nia DaCosta is releasing her film, which I found out is a direct sequel yep. to this one. And really? Then, so it, hold on, like it's canonically like yes, a direct it's sequel. Like Halloween 2018. I am so into this new trend yeah. where yeah. they're like, where they, they played a, a franchise you love out to death. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, bye bye, <laughs> scratch I'm all that. Told, let's start I, again. I honestly think it's the best way to do it because I hate remakes. With the, I actually think that the bones of the Friday the 13th remake aren't bad. There's a lot of stuff in it that I don't care for, but the mm-hmm. bones of the film aren't bad. But I actually really prefer, like, everybody loves the classic. Let's build on it. Like, let's yeah. just start fresh. The other ones exist on their own timeline. Let's make a new timeline off of the original film that everyone loved. Well, and it'll mm-hmm. also make sense for Tony Todd to be in it, too, then. Which is why that we saw him in the back of the van when they walk by. Oh yeah, he's totally passing the torch on to like the new yes. Candyman. Yeah. Yes. But I mean, there's lots of crossover characters though, or not lots, but a couple. Of yeah, because right? yeah, Vanessa Williams pops back up in there. And I think the main guy is Anthony. Yes. Right. I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And then, even though I normally don't mention this, but I think it's very, very important before we dive into this review that Candyman is seen like Rachel has said to be very important because it actually presents us with an African-American protagonist. I mean, if you want to call Candyman that, but he is like the titular slasher. It takes place in the projects of Chicago. 
and it does not shy away from a lot of the issues that America was dealing at the time and have kind of still transcended until today. So um, the film attempted to discuss those things. I mean, I think it's hard to like properly discuss those things um, in 1992. Yes. <laughs> like when we are in the midst of like, you know, we're like on the cusp of the violent crimes bill being passed two years later and like hillary clinton is like dropping super predators <laughs> right and left you know what i mean like yeah and this is all... not the window of american history to discuss yeah, race and we're gonna properly. give this a plot too because i have a lot of issues which are, are gonna kind of come forward but i also have a really hard problem with a white dude writing and directing this and trying to tell that story because i think it comes across like white nighty but, uh, you don't say. <laughs> we can, uh, we'll get into it. We can talk about that. Yeah, so that's all I really have. All right. Well, before we go any further, Mars, can you give our listeners a spoiler warning? We're going to spoil the whole thing in a completely new setting. Because now it's just not going to be, we're going to spoil everything that I can remember that happened. It's going to, we're just going to spoil the whole thing. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it ever, it's on Netflix. Pause. Go watch. And definitely, if you don't care, stick around. It's a hundred minutes. The soundtrack is beautiful. Tony Todd. Oh, the soundtrack's so good. Tony Todd's yes. voice is mesmerizing. Uh, it yes. has its problems, but again, if you were to watch the other sequels, you would really appreciate what this film oh, tried God, to do. Yeah. Word. <laughs> Word. All right. So hold on. Now I need to get out my timer because we are going to do something that is a here's Johnny special yeah. that I love very much, even though it's, it's really fun to be on this end. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I hate doing it. It's, it's yeah. very stressful. Yeah, and I have to give credit. I stole this from a Harry Potter podcast. I listened to, um, right. Yeah. I forgot they, about this. This podcast, it was very interesting, but they were breaking down chapters of Harry Potter books, chapter by chapter and treating them like the Bible. So, like, they were looking for, like, biblical, like, they would pick verses out. They'd take, like, Whoa. lessons to take what? home. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. It was very cool. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was an, yeah. Like, I, I like podcasts, and I really prefer, like, the fringe ones, like, the ones that do something different and aren't, like, overproduced. And that one was all those things. And it was very interesting, like, where they were just, oh, yeah. But, yeah. It's not an original that's idea. Cool. I, I I did steal it from the Harry Potter Bible podcast. For whatever well, I'm going to cut all of this so that they'll think that you're just a plagiarist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> all right. So you have... Hold on. I picked the wrong thing. Stopwatch. Okay. So you are going to synopsize Candyman in 60 seconds, starting right now. All right. Helen Lyle is a... White woman in Chicago who's a grad student talking about urban legends, and she starts digging into the local store of Candyman. A bunch of people who live in the housing projects of Cabrina Green start telling her the stories about the Candyman. She starts looking into it. As she starts diving further and further into the story, she realizes that there's a little bit more to it than what actually is there. Um, come to find out the Candyman is actually real. He was a murdered man back in 1800s, 1900s who was a rich man, fell in love with a white woman, had a child with him, and then they were killed him, cut off his hand, fed him the bees. And you say his name five times into a mirror and he reappears, and he's been torturing people, Cabrini Green, because that's where his body was buried. Well, the only way to save him was to sacrifice a baby, and for Virginia Madsen, or Helen, to sacrifice herself and help him. So there's a big bonfire. Candyman, the baby, Ten and seconds. Helen are in the fire. Uh, Candyman burns, Helen five, dies, then she comes back. Four. As Three, the Candyman, two, reincarnate. One. That was sloppy. Right. I'm sorry. There's just 
You did it. You got one one minute and one second. That's okay. pretty good. Okay. I'm giving it to you. Thank you. <laughs> Especially because it sounded like you did it off of memory. I did, yeah. I, I don't like yeah, taking dude. notes. Like, I tried it one time, and it was really, really bad. So now I just kind of like walk myself through. See, which movie. is really interesting because I have to take notes or I do horribly. Um. So... Just I to... never take notes, and synopsizing the movie is a hundred percent what I bring to the table. To our <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> that's, not true. that's like the only thing. That's my I'm only sorry responsibility. I took it from you. You, you, could, you could have done it. <laughs> no, oh. no, no. We have a competition. Was, you could do it now, it? and then we they could vote it? on you it. You want to do it? Want to give it a shot? No, not really. Give me a competition. <laughs> Mine, would just... <laughs> Mine would just be like. Bees, bees, bees. <laughs> White lady in history. Done. <laughs> oh, wow. That was good. That was like three seconds. I know, right? Nailed it. <laughs> Don't tell me all you bring to the podcast. <sighs> Season professional. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So you guys like to break down your reviews into a few different sections of pros and cons, starting with plot. Then we do visual, audio, scariness, and we give it a score. Correct. So... For the first time ever, we will have a definitive answer about whether a movie is good on this podcast. Yeah, and the reason why we did it is because, um, well, a couple of different reasons, but basically, like, a film can have a good story, but maybe not be shot very well, and that causes problems. Or maybe it looks good, and it's got a good story, but the visuals suck. And then the really nice part is for the house, scary, it's um, horror is really individualistic. So having more people to discuss that kind of part is helpful. And then also it's fun to crap on movies that really try to be scary and just miss the mark. Oh, like Ginger Dead Man? I was thinking The Lodge, <laughs> but I'm the only person who saw that one so far. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that's going to be so bad. It looks so good. I was so bummed out. So let's start with plot. Um, who would like to maybe get this conversation started? I'd like to turn it over to you guys. So it has a very interesting story. And I think mm -hmm. that... The issues that it attempts to discuss mm -hmm. are very important. I mean, race relations in the U.S., whether you believe in the 1619 Project or you acknowledge the fact that we have a really bad history when it comes to racism in America, like wherever you fall in that kind of spectrum, I think everybody, every American can agree that we do have a dirty history when it comes to racism. And so this film does try to talk about those issues. But I think the way it attempted to go about it and the kind of final message that is delivered from it is problematic. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like trying, like the nicest way to say it. Like it is a... It is... That was your prose. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> how about you justin uh do you have any pros for Candyman plot uh plot wise I, mean, I guess this would kind of find fall under plot but i genuinely i like the idea of the candy man and i i think i do i do think it does have like some strong scenes mm -hmm. um particularly like the the boy getting his <laughs> i don't know how Cast you guys it. would He's yeah, castrated. castrated in the bathroom Just... was horrifying to me. Uh, I don't know. I, I I think it has, like, these cool beats that it hits. But I, mm -hmm. I do agree with Larry that overall it is very problematic. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it does 
not a great job, but it definitely does yeah, like an okay job. Yeah, I'm not yeah, even yeah. going to wait okay. for it. Because I, yeah, I, yeah, what's I, I've been chewing this for a while. So okay, let's do it. Candyman Hans Cabrini Green, because a bunch of racist white people killed him. Oh, yeah, we talked tortured about this him, last night. Tortured him and murdered him. <laughs> yes. Why, then, is he... I, I know he's trying to keep his memory alive, but why is he killing off other black people who are in a... almost in a worse situation in life than he was growing up because he was born the son of a rich prior slave. Well, and they even talk about him being like, he's a talented artist. So they would like seek him out. So he was in a good position. It's just weird to me that like the, like I know that's where his body was buried, but it seems strange that he's torturing, murdering and like making the lives worse of these people who are living in the projects created by the very white people who like murdered him. Well, I think the, Here's the thing is I think we're conflating how we feel about how he would, you know, like he would want vengeance, he would want revenge, where he he actually explains sort of the impetus for what he's doing is to continue to exist in the way that you exist is like he's like a tulpa, right? Like he exists because people believe in him. And so I don't know that he has the kind of desire for revenge now, th- but I think this is our 2020 brains putting, like, trying to interpret this. Whereas, like, he distinctly um, spells out that, like, what he's after is continued relevance. And, and that's what creates his and existence. It, it is hard, and... too, because I have seen Farewell to the Flesh and Day of the mm. Dead. And in those ones, it does further explain his motivations and stuff. And it's even more of a mess. Like, and that's, I'm really trying to like put that to the side, not think about it, but I mean, I have right. seen those movies. I wonder if those are a product of the backlash to this movie, because like as much as this movie definitely was like well liked by a lot of audiences, mm-hmm. there were a lot of like black filmmakers at the time who were like, yeah, this is hella racist. Yes. <laughs> so, I wonder if, like, some of the ways that they're trying to square that is by, like, turning it into sort of a revenge, like a, yeah, like a, you know, yeah, changing his, his, the impetus for it. Because I, I, it could be, and I have not read The Forbidden, but I wonder if his, like, his purpose in that version is the same idea of, like, becoming, staying, existing because of your relevance and because you're perpetrating your legend. Yeah, Um, I I actually was going to try to get to it today. I didn't get to it in time for this mm -hmm. because the idea, like, race doesn't have a role to play in London because they they, they, they weren't very, well, I mean, in the story that mm. Clive Barker told, like, that wasn't an issue like it is here in America, which is why I think it's cool that, this film attempted to discuss it, but I don't think the voice that it gave was necessarily the right voice. Yeah. I mean, like what England's issue is more like colonialism. Yes. As opposed to slavery. Yes. Which is a whole I mean, not, different it, piece. Yeah. If they got their whole, their own situation yeah. over there, um, like white people be white people and you know, wherever you are, maybe it's a, maybe the song's a little same, but the, the harmony remains. Like, um, but yeah, so I think that, I think what we want as audience members now is for the catharsis of him getting revenge. And so like when he's killing people in his neighborhood, that feels wrong. But I don't yeah. think that the character, like actually, I don't think that that's meant to be what his impetus is. Like it's, like I said, it's just relevance. Does that help answer your question? Well, it, it, it definitely does. It just seems like, it seems like he's punching down. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I... Oh, mm-hmm. I am. Like, the people of Cabrini Green are not living nice lives. Like, 
Vanessa Williams character, like she even like brings them in and has this conversation with them. And it's just, I also hate that because it's like this gentrified people coming in and like listening to her talk like, oh no, I understand your plight when she goes out and has this fancy oh, meal yeah. that has to deal with her scumbag husband and his scumbag friend who needs a haircut. And I just, I don't know, like, I, that's why I'm really, actually watching this movie made me more excited for a remake because knowing how Jordan has handled race in his previous two films, and knowing that Nia DaCosta is a great filmmaker and she also has like a different voice too, I, I, I'm more excited. And I think building upon the original is the right thing to do because I think you can't yeah. forget. You can't forget where you came from. Right. And to it, build upon it, I think is really smart. And we didn't see Helen at all, which is another problem I have is that like Candyman died, but Helen survived and Helen's the new Candyman. So like his, not yeah. only did he screw up big time and get himself killed, but now like he doesn't exist. Now now mm-hmm. Helen is the new urban legend. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. I think that comes down to like the difference between black folklore and folklore about black people. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think this movie is the latter. And my hope is that the new one is the former. And it, and it goes back to like, why I had such a hard time, like writing my notes and just thinking about this in general is because. Like, when we had Ashley Blackwell on, I, I told her, like, as soon as we started the interview, like, I'm a white guy. I grew up in an all-white town. My university was, like, 95% white. I'm coming at this from a very white perspective. And I'm trying to understand better, right? Like I'm trying mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. expand my mind and get more out there. But with what I've read, like, reading, like, different people's works, like, I love Ta-Nehisi Coates, and that's kind of, like, where I get my... Mm-hmm. I try to base and root myself in, but I this movie just seems to have more problems than not. And even though I think it's really cool that we do have a black steel killer finally, and like he's on like the horror echelon, I just think that overall the plot is way too problematic to like really praise it. You can praise parts of what the movie does, but to praise like the plot and it the points that it hits, I I have problems doing that fair fair yeah i mean sorry mars what did what did you think of this movie uh i mean okay so i this is not a first watch for me but it's been a really long time so a lot of this was like oh yeah that's right (laughs) 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 but um you know like i definitely agree that i think i think what they were trying to do was good i think how they did it was not great but um, aside from all that, I do actually enjoy the fact that it's an urban legend yes. movie. I love urban legend movies. I love those like the mm-hmm. boogeyman, mm-hmm. what's under the bed, who's hiding in the closet type mm-hmm. stories. But then the fact when it turns out to actually be real. Darkness Falls. So that aspect. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that freaking Me movie. Too. Oh, my God. Too serious. Can I get you to turn out the lights? Oh, I love it so much. It's so dumb. And I love it so much. So, like, aside from, you know, the race racism issues, yeah. the actual, like, you know, the other aspects of the story I really, I like as far as the plot goes, and I like, um, you know, certain parts of it. It's just it wasn't uh, delivered well, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah, like, almost as, like, an overall package, it was bad. Well, it's a but... Clive yeah. Barker story, and I think if you enjoy the tales that Clive Barker tells, like, if you enjoy Hellraiser, right... You're probably going to enjoy the beats of this movie. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. But it's like if you just... start going a little bit deeper, <laughs> if you if you yeah, start scratching, you know, and it's always really it's really confusing when you see a story that's trying to be presented as like here's this racial inequality in our country presented by the by a white person yes. you know like i it's a little like i get what you're trying to do you you maybe didn't put it in the right vehicle though a white british dude right you know? like you got two strikes it's not your it's not your culture and it's also not your culture you so. know and it's, it's like yeah. that that part where helen is talking about how you know um a black woman was murdered and the police didn't do anything but a white woman gets beat up and i was like yeah you know but it sounds different coming from a white woman yes it you know? does like yeah. so <laughs> It, 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 like I get you know and again like Rachel you're saying it's a 1992 movie being observed by 2020 brains you know so like it's maybe a little bit the lens maybe is a little different but um and like it, you know I see what it makes sense to the story right because the reason why Candyman was murdered is because he did have a relationship with a white woman and have a child with her and so that's why like she's his lover reincarnate Mm-hmm. so like it, it it does ground itself so it's not like it just starts pulling out like the white knight cards it's just it, let's just it remember it's been she's better. saying all of this to her black friend yeah yeah she's white explaining the fuck out of it yeah yeah and, and i think it, i would have less of a problem with those two like very valid conversations that she has if her like she had another like white lady with her but like you're telling your black friend about how like it's unfair that she's getting the police attention. I'm just like, I think she knows. <laughs> I think she's yeah. aware. It's not new news, Helen. Have you ever seen that video like ASMR for white people? No. No. It's just like it's I'll send it to you guys. It's hilarious. It's like this black guy whispering into a mic. He's from um uh Daily Show and it's like all the things white people want to hear, like we love it when you touch our hair. <laughs> <laughs> and like, she's a little ASMR for white people in this movie in a way that is just like, sends me into cringe orbit. I'm just like, Oh God. Cause like, I recognize it in myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like where you're trying to like be woke, but like sometimes you're Ooh, a for effort, a for effort, Helen. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like the, in- the intention maybe was going in the right direction. Yeah. yeah Cause the you gotta give was the, perhaps... yeah, you gotta give the director cause he wrote the script. He tried. Right. Right. Yeah. Like he, yeah, yeah. He, he could have just done the forbidden. He could have set it in like yeah. rich New York and made something similar to American psycho. Right. But he, he didn't, he attempted to do it, but I think that, I think it goes back to the whole idea of, we have a problem in American cinema where a good script or a good idea will come forward and then the wrong person tells the story. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want Martin Scorsese telling me a Quentin Tarantino story. I don't want Quentin Tarantino <laughs> telling me a Martin Scorsese story, right? I don't want either of them to tell me anything. Oh, no. They, they're fine. I mean, I, I, I did win some money off of my boy, uh, director Bong this year. So, Oh yes, but uh, <laughs> but but no. I mean, I, I just think that this movie serves as a good testament that there are good stories out there to tell. It, it but it really is important that the way you tell the stories matter because you can come across as patronizing real fast. Oh yeah. yes, the, yes, very that. Like that. My the thing is is. Helen is both my pros and my cons for this movie in a yeah. lot of ways. Like, cause there are things about her character that I find deeply compelling. Like 
she's very smart she's very ambitious she's very bold she's i mean one of her defining characteristics is empathy and those are all like very admirable and she's a complex character i like seeing complex women on screen so but she's kind of weak don't you think at least when it comes to her husband that that bugs me like she sees him being a skis like at the very beginning of the movie hitting on his undergrads and she's like okay and then she then he lets his like weird grimy professor friend talk down to her and like corrects her at the table i mean oh I and think... then she makes him that weird yeah. like, I'm super excited to make you dinner yeah <laughs> i mean i think that's what makes her complicated okay. like she's not a strong female character she's like a complex character that has strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. so i mean i don't i mean do i wish that she had like gone snip snip from the start yeah. of course <laughs> but, <laughs> but i i mean i also kind of like i'm fine with her being complicated especially because it like i think it lends itself to her arc right ultimately oh, yeah. the payoff to me is irritating as shit but mm-hmm. i get why those characteristics are seated into her but i also kind of enjoy not enjoyed but i appreciated the scene where like that academic douche is like totally mansplaining to her yep for a couple of reasons for one thing i feel like that is very real and you can see why she's like pushing back as hard as she is when she's like we're gonna bury you is because she knows that they're already you can tell there's a pre-existing relationship there where he is like extremely condescending so but also the shot of her when they're talking we'll get into it in, in visual but like the shot of when he's talking to her and you have that like highlight over her eyes like speaking of dracula 1931 yeah and it's just much. like mm-hmm. the slow zoom into her eyes and you just like see the the effect that the story is having on her it's pretty it's pretty cool like mm-hmm. I, I love that shot but um but yeah so but then at the same time there's the other side of her that is like i'm the good white lady that stuff is really uncomfortable um and some of it is plot related and not necessarily character related so i can't hold it all against her yeah but yeah i don't know i i love i i'm of two minds in terms of plot i was really struggling with Me figuring out my reading because i feel like if you can completely divorce this this plot from the really problematic stuff in it it's very propulsive i think it is the way that it unfolds in terms of like the balance of scares and reveals and sort of minor plot twists that go along and the directions that it goes in that you're not expecting. It is a well-crafted horror film. Yes, it is. In terms of the story. The problem is context. So that's where I was struggling. Like I I, I even really love the idea of, we talked about how we love modern urban folklore Mm -hmm. and the concept of it coming from like America's original sin Mm -hmm. of racism and white privilege is very interesting to me. Unfortunately, I feel like obviously as we've discussed, you know, the execution of that is (laughs) not great. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's kind of that too. Like, like you said, there's two mindsets. It's like, wow, having a black serial killer is Uh a first and it's awesome. But then it's like, yeah. but we start digging more into it. And it's like, how awesome really is it? But so. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's, I am very conflicted in how I feel about this plot wise. Like I don't, I, the people who are apologists for this movie, I don't totally, I just can't quite see what they mean. But like I said, I do actually think that this is a well-crafted horror movie. Yes. Like, oh, based on scares and like story. Pacing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I actually think it's pretty great. And and the set pieces where we do get into the horror, we'll probably talk about more in, in visual. Yep. But they're genuinely terrifying. Mm-hmm. And I am a crusty, cold-hearted, <laughs> dead-inside husk of a human. But this still like is affecting like 
the kitchen scene hello nightmare fuel so so yeah i'm really conflicted i want to know what you guys is there anything else you guys want to talk about plot or are we ready to rate this sucker we can rate it larry what did you give this one oh no i have to go first okay justin <laughs> <laughs> let's go to our nice neighbor from the north hey <laughs> How many um, bottles of maple syrup do you give this for plot? Man, I, you know what the crazy thing is? I'm not even a huge fan of maple syrup. Can <laughs> oh you get, say, like poutine or something? I really oh like poutine. Gosh. We're going to hear some very polite, like, Gestapo in the background <laughs> dragging you out of the country every now. <laughs> Instead of ice, you have nice, and they're coming for you. <laughs> oh. So, Larry, or Justin, what's your score? Uh, I give it a seven. Because I, I don't know, like, I, I definitely agree, like, it is a good, it, it, it's got it where it counts, but if you kind of dig a little, just, if you go underneath the the skin just a little bit, it definitely has a lot of problems, <clears throat> but I can so still like enjoy nice it. fancy coat on the outside and an exposed rib cage on the inside is what you're saying? Oh, you know what? That is a, vi- <laughs> yes, yes, it is a Candyman of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marzi, what's your score? Uh, you know, and I'm, I, on, I swear I'm not just riding on your coattails, but I was going to give it a seven as well. Oh, that's because okay. I do think, I do think it's really well structured. And I do think that like, you know, I'm impressed by the pacing, the fact that it's not action, 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 but it's also not boring, you know? And a lot of times we watch horror movies and I feel like I, it's either too much or too little, you know, I don't know. I was impressed by the overall, the way this movie was put together. There are a lot of issues but uh as far as structure goes i'm into it okay all right larry you're on the spot again sir Yeah, i gave it a six kind of the same idea of that like i was floating around between like an eight and three but <laughs> whoa <laughs> well that's what i mean because like if you watch the movie and just watch it to sit down and enjoy it it's a great clive barker tale it, it just is with a, a very com- it's a very interesting and unique killer and a story like you guys have said like hits beats at the right time and kind of keeps you compelled but when you realize that they were trying to tell a deeper story and they were trying to do a bunch of stuff then it's like well you didn't do it well you didn't do it right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but yeah. but with that in mind i i did go more towards the higher because i don't want to tank it because again 1992 is a long time ago and this film was also like important for getting to where we are now with the new Candyman coming out so mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. there yeah i was with you like i was like on one hand i think this is a genuinely well-made movie and i think it has good scares and like it has it has the things you want and it has intelligence and so i was like yeah this is good and i remember loving this movie but then watching it with my 2020 eyes i'm like oh this is not good this is like basically taking every every stereo basing the horror in every horrible stereotype we have about black men and white women Mm -hmm. that like white women's bodies are in danger because of black men's desires that's not great (laughs) (laughs) to put it mildly and so i'm like ooh, one (laughs) but uh ultimately i gave it a six the issues discussed in this movie still exist today oh yes Here's the thing. This is one more thing I will say about Candyman is that I'm glad it exists. It marks a particular group of like set of attitudes that we had at a particular time. And we now have, I mean, we have a long ass way to go. Right. Mm -hmm. But we've, 
you can see that there the way that we look at these things is progressing mm -hmm. and we can analyze this and see where it went wrong and apply that moving forward like okay so if that's the case that at that time most white audiences that went in and saw this were complicit in just sort of buying into this idea that of course he wants this beautiful white lady yep. and we can extrapolate that to like what are the things that what are the the stereotypes that we have a blind spot to now in the pop culture that we can consume? and that's why the documentary horror noir on shutter is like so good yeah. if you guys haven't seen it like, yes. i would highly recommend oh, yes. it because it's it is african-americans talking about their history representation in horror and it's really mm -hmm. really interesting to hear them talk about how like for example, they talk about what's her name in uh, The Craft. Can't remember her name right now. I'm blanking on her name. Rachel True. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and they just discuss. Like, it's just really interesting to hear. Like, it was awesome to see myself represented, but like, how was it represented? Like, thanks mm -hmm. for doing something, but let's keep getting better. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And so. Yes, definitely. So yeah, I mean, I think I'm not. I don't work for Shutter, but I really <laughs> cannot recommend that enough. Like, it it, it is truly a. It's a really, really good uh, documentary. It's a great documentary. Felt I came away from it being like I learned some stuff that I needed. And it's to why know. I still feel so blessed, and why I still put Ashley's episode where she came on and talked to us for three hours as like my favorite thing we've done on the podcast because <sighs> not three from hell, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, I don't know. Like I, I, I will admit if you listen to the podcast, I admit I know nothing, and I'm always trying to learn. And yeah. So I don't know. That's why I like tackling, like talking about it, because that's actually how we got to meet Rachel yeah. is we brought her on our Suspiria remake re-review because <laughs> I tackled that the first time and did not get a lot of nice thoughts back. So I, 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 think, I think it's important to, to discuss it. So, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, Candyman is a good movie, but the issues discussed need to be handled better. And yeah. hopefully they will. So. Yeah, definitely. Let's move in to the visual portion of our review. Justin, let's start with you. What are your thoughts? What are your pros for visual? Okay, I actually think like this is where this movie is like goes above and beyond personally. Um mm -hmm. I mean, even if you think of like individual shots like we mentioned before the boy getting castrated in the toilets was just absolutely horrible. Um her You'll begin to learn soon enough. I am horrible with names. So her being the main Helen. character. Helen, Helen. Thank you. Uh, when she's kind of exploring the abandoned apartment and like comes through the wall mm -hmm. out of yeah. Tony Todd's mouth. Like mm -hmm. I, I, it, it just I think th there's a lot of these like amazingly shot scenes like. Like they're all throughout this movie. It's not like specific like, oh, there's one here and then like. An hour later, there's one here, but I, I think this movie has a lot of those shots that are really well done. Mm -hmm. And I liked it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about you, Marzi? What do you think of it? Vis yeah. The visual section. Yeah, no, no. I 100% I, uh, agree. I feel like this whole movie from beginning to end was framed really, really well. And they used space really, really well. And they used dimensions where they had foreground and background and midground. And it just felt like it was really well thought out and really well planned and i think that you know it's it's like rachel you and i talk about this on our show a lot where you know we really appreciate when certain attention is put to detail mm -hmm. that isn't generally put into you know most horror movies and i just thought that this movie visually was 
gorgeous the whole time. The use of light and shadow and mm-hmm. colors and the contrast and like I was saying, like the different dimensions and everything. I thought it looked really, really good. Definitely. How about you? How about you, Larry? Got any pros for the visual section? I do. So there's two big things that I, I would want to hit on is that we talked about in plot how the setting is Cabrini Green. Yeah. And I think it's incredibly important to note that they actually filmed at Cabrini Green. Like, they filmed yep. in the projects. They had plain clothes <laughs> officers to protect them. But some of the people we see, some of the the people who living at Cabrini Green live there. Those were actual yeah. people in gangs or people living in the projects. Like, that was real life. Like, that wasn't created. That was real. And I, like, that's hard to really think about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that's really awesome. Yeah, though. and then the other big thing too is I'm a big fan of practical effects, and so knowing that Tony Todd had all those bees, bees on practical. him for real, and when he kissed <laughs> the bees, when he kissed Helen, he was transferring <laughs> the bees like for real. That was like real life. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, like I said, I what both Mars and Justin said, I agree with, and then this for me, I think it's they. That's again the problem with this movie is like they really did try to do a lot right. It's just mm-hmm. they just didn't really nail it as best as they could. Did you know that he got a thousand dollar bonus every time he got stung? Yep. Yeah, he made like thirteen hundred dollars or something like that, right? No, twenty three thousand. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> like yeah, you gotta you gotta if you're gonna cover someone in bees, you gotta be like, we'll pay you per sting. And another another yeah. fun thing too that I learned, I think it was from the Dead Meat video when they covered this video, a movie. But uh, Virginia Madison went underneath hypnosis. Yes, yeah, that was how yeah, they put her. There are days her, of the production she doesn't remember. Yeah, that was how they put oh her in the God. trance state. Like they, nothing like crazy, nothing like what Kubrick did in, <laughs> to, yeah, but nothing like that. But in order to really achieve that trance-like state when she's kind of being called by the Candyman, uh, the director asked her if she would go under hypnosis. And that's why she looks so out of the moment well, because they really did that take is her out really of it. Cool. Like, That is really cool. It's really cool. fucked up, but it's really cool. <laughs> well, she Sorry. agreed to by it. By the so end they, of production, she was like, enough. That's yeah. enough. Like when she said, when like the director would come towards her, like with a particular look on his face, she knew what he was going to ask, and he was like, "No more, mm-hmm. no more." <laughs> like I, I have to remember what I'm doing because it was he had like a trigger word or something that that oh, would whoa. set it off. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, what what Mars just said are spot on, and then just for me, the practicality is a big thing that I like, and I think it actually enhances Ooh, yeah. movies, even when it's not done perfectly. I think just even attempting it usually is a better outcome. Right, because even if you, it's subconscious, your brain knows the difference between something that is physically there and something that is computer created, Absolutely. and and so it just on a like, lizard brain level just never is the yep. same. Totally agree. Yeah, which is why I was so bummed to see all those CGI bees in the new trailer. Like, uh, no. Yeah, I I blame Peta. Bring on the baby bees. I don't even know if it's real, but I, I blame Peta. Oh. Uh, yeah, there aren't enough bees left to cast this movie. Yeah. That's actually yeah, that's true. Not yeah, wrong. that's dark. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> grim. This episode brought to you by Global Warming <laughs> Reality. <laughs> yeah, that too. Oh yeah, awesome. Okay, um, 
So I would say I really enjoyed the color palette of this movie. Uh, it's like very muted and it's like set in this, like it's like fall, I assume. And it's like overcast. Mm-hmm. And whenever you have like, even though it's like this urban set setting and there's like moments where we're getting little skylines, there's something at the gray sky that just makes the movie feel so claustrophobic and isolated, yep. which is such an important and essential ingredient in creating good horror Mm -hmm. but there is just something about when you are alone that heightens the fear and i think that sometimes doing something like just having that kind of institutionalized looking palette which now i'm starting to feel like might be problematic but whatever (laughs) um (laughs) palette definitely kind of creates that that feeling of just like the sky being a little too close you take like her clothing which is also in like these very muted or very like dark colors juxtaposed against the this like these giant blonde curls and she just hops on screen yeah, she does she's so bright she's so beautiful because i mean virginia madsen is stunning mm-hmm. i think and so like you kind of you you look at her and you're like no wonder Candyman is isn't her like <laughs> she's like this bright shiny beautiful lure amidst just this world of like grays and dark blues and she really stands out against that that sort of drab palette i hadn't thought about it that way but um when you said it like that, it makes me think of the fact that she has those bright blue eyes and she's always wearing that mm-hmm. bright red lipstick. Mm-hmm. And it just, yeah, further enhances the fact that she's standing out against the background. Yeah. Very, definitely. very pale skin, too. Yeah. God, all those close ups on her eyes, too. It, they're like mesmerizing. It, it reminded me a little bit of um, did you ever see Under the Skin, the one with Scarlett Johansson's and yes. Alien, like Hunting Men? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how the movie just like invites you to stare at her Mm -hmm. for two hours and there's some of that in this too because at some level this movie is a little bit of a romance that i think the movie wants to invite you to like oh there's definitely there's there's definitely a romance there i mean i think i want to kind of my thoughts on this were probably an audio but i think Candyman is really romantic oh yeah He's very, that's the thing is, that's why he's such a cool villain, is he finds that balance of seduction and menace. Candyman's design is something in visual too that I just wanted to talk about really cool. I think he is immediately striking. Mm -hmm. You know, he's this, he's like 6'5 in real life, but he's like, the way when you, they first, I mean, you get a flash of him when Ted Raimi's trying to get some Mm -hmm. in the first scene. Um, (laughs) Which, by the way, I was like, why is Ted Raimi a penis on my TV? This is fucking crazy. (laughs) Really? My thought was, really? Ted Raimi is the hot As the bad boy? (laughs) Joxer? Really? (laughs) So, like, and he's just sort of in silhouette the first time you really see him, and he's just, like, calling to Helen. Right away, it has such a visual impact. And when you get a better look at him, he's in this, like, beautiful coat and tailored pants. Sophisticated and yet menacing. And then, so then when he reveals the hook and the bloody cuff, it's, like, kind of like a visual shock. And the chest of um, bees. And the chest oh, of bees. The chest of bees is so good. The chest good. of bees, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the design-wise, like, you, when you have an iconic slasher villain, they have to have a cool design, you know? And I think this, the Candyman definitely hits that mark. And then the last thing we talked a little bit about the graffiti is I love the way that the graffiti on the outside, like eventually gives way to like more classical visual t- storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it made me think as you get further and further into his inter sanctum, it like, it reminded me, now stay with me here a little bit, like sort of almost like an ancient tomb. No, it was. You know what I mean? No, like, absolutely. Like... I mean, and it's kind of in, implied that the deeper you go into Cabrini Green, that the artwork isn't just graffiti. It's done by the Candyman. Right. And there's like that sort of, transitional period that's 
right out it's like the antechamber where they're doing whatever rituals are doing with like the sacrificing of the candy and, yep. and the candles and stuff i would have actually loved more of that i can't remember the sequels maybe they go into it in the sequels no well the one I, I wish... take one takes place in like new orleans day of the dead takes place in new orleans Ooh, and farewell to the flesh is is that how we transitioned into being the guy from uh hatchet yeah, pretty much. <laughs> i was just thinking the same thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, they they, um, they they do a lot of weird things. Like they they tried to find a reasoning. I think it was in Day of the Dead where they made up the reasoning why it was five times because when they burned him at the stake, they all chanted it five times as he was dying. No, stop like, it. They just, they just, okay, like, this kept... is where we get into the Mars rule. Explain, explain less. Yes. <laughs> Show me. Don't tell yes. me. All right. Well, what are your cons, Justin? Um, I only have two really. Um, mm-hmm. and my first one is it was really weird to picture Candyman sleeping when he's like pretending to sleep no. at the end. <laughs> that, I don't know that he, sl- he doesn't sleep; he slumbers. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It was just like there was something like weird about it. I don't know. Um, and my other one is are milk baths a thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I also didn't know. Yeah, that. I was like, mm-hmm. what the f-? like. When I used is she to, like dumping half and half in her bath? Like well, what I was going get on here? Ivy, I used to do oatmeal baths. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's oatmeal. This is, now she's just like... imagine at the end of the day when you peel your socks off and then you <laughs> get into a milk bath. <laughs> <laughs> why, Rach? Why? <laughs> I can't help myself. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it! We've been like an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> Nobody had said the F word. <laughs> Justin has been dropping like crazy. Oh, feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, feet. Oh, feet. Um, I thought about the other F word. I, I'm, I'm out of it. Sorry. Wait, what's the other F word? Fuck. Oh, is it fuck? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even count that. <laughs> oh, weird. Feet is a worse word than fuck on this show. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay, sorry. So um, the slumbering of Candyman yes, the sl- and and the like the weird milk bath. I, I, uh, those are the only issues I had, but and they weren't even like big issues. They were just like again, I didn't know milk baths were Justin a thing. Always find someone weird to complain about, like the Frog Brothers. There's something. That everybody- oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Okay, sorry, hey, hey. dude, you're on your own on this one. <laughs> okay, well, watch out because by the end of this, Larry will be telling you that this isn't a horror movie. So that's his thing that he likes to do. Yeah, he does like to do. I that. have yeah. rephrased that. It's not that it isn't a horror movie. It's just that it's Semantic. not scary. Oh my. Um, I think we're breaking up. <laughs> I, I am really trying to. I, I like. I mean, I, I do science. Like I speak in absolutes usually, so I'm trying to change that. And instead of saying it's not horror, it's just not horror to me. That's how I'm trying. <laughs> we call that growth, people. That's how I'm trying to to grow more as a verbal talking, whatever. Uh, what's, what's who's next? What, what did you say, Marcy? Horror adjacent. Yeah, horror adjacent. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> or what's that thing they say in like group therapy where they're like speak with feeling words? Where you're like, it's not horror to me. Yes. But <laughs> that is exactly I what he does, actually. Yeah, it's just, I am really trying to work on that. <laughs> I feel that this is not a horror movie. <laughs> I feel that you're a fool for not liking the front brothers. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Okay, I feel like you're talking about feet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. other than those, like, I, I, I actually found myself not having too many issues. I mean, like, yeah, there's like the whole like dead dog thing and stuff. 
But I, I don't know. Oh. I, I think. I've just blocked it out <laughs> until you said that. I completely forgot well, well, about he, it well, again. Like, my brain yeah. rejects that visual. But here's the thing is, like, yes, it's very brutal, but it doesn't look bad. Like, it looks. No. It's, like, I, I, visually I, I striking. Look away at that one and the castration thing. I just. Ugh. Oh, the castration thing, like, got to me. Like, I so was. You guys didn't pause? No. Why would I put? Oh yeah, okay. I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> you're kidding. God, um, but... guys, I'm, I'm, don't put guys. It's just it's Justin. I'm great. I'm, I'm. Sure. All right, all right. Here we go. I cannot wait for like, yeah, Justin and me, our new podcast is here in Mars. Oh shit. Uh, okay, so what about you, uh, Larry? What did you? So I actually really, really was kind of blown away by it. Expect I mean, just watching it, it's just, it is a very good movie, and I really like the '80s aesthetic with films anyway. Early late '80s, early '90s, like kind of like grainy and stuff. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will kind of say is that the palette that you described does make it boring at times. Mm. Like there were definitely times. I mean, I, when I watch these movies, I usually take notes. Um, but I found myself like more focused on taking my notes than I wasn't watching the movie, which is usually the opposite, right? Like I get just like I'll start writing something and usually I'll get distracted. It's just like a very boring palette. So that's like a personal thing. Nothing big, but it's just a, it's just a personal thought. Yeah. Similar to how about you, Suspiria, which we discussed at like. Oh yeah, yeah, but see, I for the same reason, like that yeah. was like that like super Eastern block. Um, Iron Curtain. How do you guys remember Alice. Suspiria? I think amazing. about it right like the yeah. re- like with the remake. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I, I actually rewatched it a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's it's one that like it has a slow burn effect. Like the first time you watch it, you're like, mm. and then you're like, hmm. And yeah, then you're especially like, maybe I have to retry it, like, it then because I don't know. Like after the whole like the original. The whole Okay, you go, and then I will Sorry, go. Sorry, I was going to say, <laughs> that, we had the camera. That was, was amazing. Like, I was just going to say, like, like, the first time we watched it, like, I literally had watched Dario Argento's, like, two or three days beforehand. So having mm-hmm. those bright visual colors, which, again, is something I like in movies, to have that juxtaposed to this new one, I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to, re- like, retry it, I guess, because, like, I, I don't know. The whole Thomas York thing, like, really... I I'm really upset about that. Still, that's yeah, the only thing I, I think. I want I want to recut. I want to recut with a different song at the end, and then I'm like all in on that movie. You know what? I I will put the original soundtrack into that movie and stretch it out over like three hours, and then that that'll be the version I watch. Do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> the internet will be. I mean, if I do king that, king of the internet. If you do that, <laughs> if I do that, it'll just be Goblin. Like that. There that one yeah. song for need. like three hours. Fine. <laughs> what are your cons, Mars? Uh, you know, I don't really know that I had any. Um, I kind of agree with the boring color palette, but I thought that it was honestly. I just thought it was the product of it being a movie made in the '90s. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just thought fair. that that was just sort of a because I I feel like a lot of movies made in the early '90s yeah. kind of were the same way palette wise, um, especially with horror movies. So I didn't really think about it a whole lot. It didn't really affect me. Um, I don't. I honestly don't really have any cons visually um i think my biggest one is just uh the sweets for the sweets in the um bathroom that i'm assuming was painted with poo yes she, she, um, okay can we talk about this for a second she got way too close to that poo wall 
Right? Yeah. Oh my like, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, that really bothered me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, hard agree. Definitely agree. With you. Like, okay, there's it's okay. It's a bathroom. It's clearly covered in shit. Like, don't touch anything. Right? Why are you touching things with your skin? Why are you doing that? <laughs> So I guess that's my my con, poo wall. (laughs) (laughs) That is a totally fair comparison. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to add to that two things. One of them is a personal quibble, like the unnecessary titties on the the girlfriend at the very end. Oh my gosh, the Rachel Greens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. I don't yeah, remember agree. that, to be honest with you. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw right through the girlfriend the at the end, the final scene when she's like trying to get him to come out of the bathroom. She's not wearing no. a bra. Oh, oh, oh not re- wearing a bra. I thought you meant like not wearing a shirt. Oh, yeah, no. Girl oh, needs my, to put a bra scene, on. Are you talking about when she's in the, were you referring to the part where she's like having to strip down in the police station? No, like at no, the okay. end when the girlfriend just needs to put a fucking bra on. Yes, yes, yes okay. That's, that's the part yes. of. I'm just if like, that's sorry for this the... one. Don't watch the sequels because that's kind of how they try to make the better, movies better. That's... I mean, I I assumed as I mean, soon as you said. Nudity through. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go. Okay. So there's nudity throughout the movie, but I never felt like it was particularly exploitative, particularly in the scene where she has to like take off the clothes for evidence yes. in the police station. I actually. It was really well done. Appreciated that scene. Yeah. Yes, it was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel it didn't feel gratuitous, but visually it was just intense. Mm-hmm. You know, in a way like when she's just like, "I want to take a shower. I want to take a shower." Like all of that was really great. Um, it was just that 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 last the last with the girlfriend with the no bra. It just felt scummy in a way that yeah, in a way that just felt like yeah. I don't know. Like it felt tacked on by the studio. Like the studio note was like, "We need one more." Make it twenty tits. degrees colder in that room, and we're yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, watch the next. Yeah, like yeah. somebody was up. Yeah, watch the it was next gross. Too. Well, I'm I'm assuming that it's set in New Orleans for a reason. The third one is. The second one is not. God, I don't remember a single thing about this. Yeah, do I? Trash. <laughs> the other thing is actually in the same scene is when we find when we see the resurrected Helen, her head scars are terrible. Yeah, it that was, is almost, a that good was point. Yeah, in yeah. a movie that has excellent special effects and excellent practical effects, it was weird to see how bad like, the bald cap. And whatever was happening up there, like, did not look at all like burn. It, and it ended in a way that did not, like, have any transition to it. It was very odd. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was my own. That's really my only visual complaints. This movie looks great to me. Really and, and that's actually a really good point because, like, even, like, her burning body at the end looked better than. Yeah. Like, it looked way better. And it's. I, I don't know if it's maybe because as a viewer, you're expecting, like, somebody to look as cool as. Candyman when they cut like mm-hmm. her to look as cool as Candyman but no I that that's a really good point I didn't even think about that yeah Oof, yeah it was rough stuff all right let's move on to audio you want to score don't so, you so oh right score shit yes See, <laughs> trying to I'm trying very, to steal I'm our very good trying at to steal our way and <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> hey we don't normally do math you're fine so I, this is new for oh I leave it up to Larry because I, I do just... not so let's get our scores Larry what was yours for I gave it an eight really was really impressed by it like, and like i said the only kind of complaint is a personal one that i tend to have across the board so fair enough justin I, what is your score i give it a nine all right way to go candy man how about you mars i also give it an eight all right i was gonna give it a 10 but i knocked it off for um egregious nipple so it's an eight. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right, let's move into audio. Uh, Larry, what did you think audio? So the way I'm going to do this is like, I'll take everybody's thoughts because I'm sure we probably have a lot of similar things. But if I'm going first, uh-huh. Tony Todd, um, yeah. he's amazing. Like he doesn't have a lot of screen time, almost similar to Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. But when he is on that screen or when he is talking, it is commanding. Um, oh, he's yeah. like you said, he's six five. He's got that beautiful coat on and. I don't know, and he's he's romantic. And on our on mm-hmm. here's Johnny right now. We're having a season of vampires. We're discussing a lot of Dracula, and like it's almost like the like the more romantic Draculas, right? Like the Bela Lugosi, and even more so like the Gary Oldman. Um, he's just like you want to like him. You want to mm-hmm. you want to love him, especially when you hear his backstory, like he was like murdered and stuff. Like I don't know. There's just there's something about him and how he is on screen and how he commands it that for me is just, I don't know, amazing. I can't say enough good about it. And that's why I was so mad when some of the casting stuff came out with the new one. Um, it seems like they fixed everything. Uh, it seems like Jordan stepped in and kind of let tempers rest. But I don't know. I think you can't do candy without Tony Todd. Just like I think you can't do... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert Englund. So that's kind of where I'm at. Tony Todd's amazing. All right. How about you, Marzi? Any pros for audio? Um, I 100% agree with all the Tony Todd stuff. Um, when they're in his his lair or whatever, and he's telling her, trying to convince her to be with him or whatever. And, like, I have this deep-rooted fear that if I was ever kidnapped, I would, like, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> and I was watching that being like, oh, yeah, that would have been it for me. I'd been like, okay, deal. Let's go. Like, it would have been over for me. I would have been like, and now we're married. And it's beautiful. Um, because, and, and then I started having thoughts for, and this is why I think I would probably Stockholm Syndrome immediately, because I was like, oh, he's just like like the Babadook. He just wants a family. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, this went places I was not expecting. Yeah, it, it got weird for me at the end. Um, but aside from, from that sultry, sultry voice, um, the score is amazing. I loved the score. And... I yeah. I tend to prefer movies that aren't score heavy, so that's why I was a little bit surprised that I liked this one so much. But I did really love the music. So a I have lot. to pause real quick. What do you mean you don't like films that are score heavy? I like I. <laughs> well, I, I just want to understand. <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah. I just like how seriously you took that. It was great. Yeah. What do you mean by what do you mean you don't like? No. Um. I just. I don't know. I. I tend to prefer horror movies that are more ambient sounds okay. rather than music. Mm. Um. Tends to be my preference. Um. So that's why it surprises me when I watch a movie that has music and I'm like into. So I just you know I I am pleasantly surprised when I watch a movie where I'm not only like aware of the music, but also I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. This is matching. I like this. This is a good mm-hmm. vibe. Yeah. Because like, I, Definitely. that's like my second actual pro too, which was, I, I totally agree with you, but I'm a little bit different in the, the idea of the score. Uh, for me, actually, I, I don't need an overpowering score. Like I don't need it to like take away from everything else, but I do like to have a score that is memorable. Uh, and the best way to describe that is like John Carpenter's theme from Halloween is that oh yeah it's Mm -hmm. like you you hear it and it is iconic and if you hear those notes you know exactly what you're hearing but it doesn't take away from the movie 
it just adds to it it builds to yeah. it which is what i think this one does yeah and like in complete honesty i listened to the philip glass like spotify channel oh really and it's amazing oh it's so good so i don't know i maybe maybe i'm biased because i just really like Philip Glass, but <laughs> you know <laughs> well i think you nailed why the soundtrack for this is or the score for this is so good is that it like enhances the mood yeah Instead of going, hello, I'm the score, check me out, feel things. Like, it just sort of gently guides you in terms of mood and setting, which I think the best that scores do. Clive Barker, like I was talking about earlier in plot, like, it just fits that aesthetic so mm-hmm. well. Like, it... Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, I think, like, if you're going to do, like, this kind of story, you have to have that very, like, subtle, classical romantic almost moving mm-hmm. theme and it's it's great yeah well it's like melancholy but it's and it's like haunting yes. and it's very stripped down and raw in a way it feels like what the movie looks like you know what yes. i'm saying like yeah like they it feels like the perfect marriage of sound and visual that yeah i and that like like mm-hmm. i've totally been stuck in my head for two days for the <laughs> The Helen theme, it, it's so good. It's excellent. I'm going to have to check out this Spotify here. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so the other thing, just briefly, I wanted to talk about Virginia Madsen's performance. I thought she was really great yep. in this. It's kind of a shame she didn't get more love because I actually think she's asked to do a lot in this movie. Whether or not you think the general themes that she is portraying are great, yeah. like her acting. Oh, yeah, I, I never, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys agree with this or not, but I don't ever really blame actors or actresses for that kind of stuff like that's in the script right like you have yeah. to do the best of what you're given but i think Agreed. she's a great character over the course of the movie she has to be broken down she starts off fairly confident and uh, you know a little bit even defiant um and by the end of the movie she's like on the verge of madness like desperate terrified lost everything and then but then kind of has this resurgence at the very very end where you see some of the like original strength that was in helen and I, I think she t- throughout the entire process, like, you are along for the ride with her. And she does a lot of really great subtle work in this. Like, I talked a little bit about the scene where she's learning Candyman's story. But there's another one I think is really standout. And that's when she has been arrested and she has to call home and the, has to leave a message on the phone at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And you can see that she knows, but she's also scared. And, like, you, you see all of this playing out in her face and in her eyes. And she has to carry this movie. And I think she successfully does it. I, you know, there are things I would like to change about the dynamics of this movie, yeah. but as far as like a performance, I think she is up to the task and, and like executes. Um, and I really like her and I want her in more things. Yep. Anybody else? Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I do have kind of to tack on to the whole, I mean, I, I, I have to agree with all of you. It's obviously like the soundtrack the, is amazing. The Tony Todd is amazing. Helen is amazing. I I do have there are two other actors I'd like to point out that I think did really good jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, the husband, while he is a super shitty character, yeah. I think he played it really well. Like obviously he's slimy, but like instantly the second you meet him in the movie, you hate him and you know why. Oh yeah, and like <laughs> that's a good point. Well, I mean, like uh, that that's you're you're talking about Xander Berkeley, right? uh yes, yes. I mean, he's just again great, i'm horrible with names yeah, he's a great actor that he was in 24 and he is 
I that's the thing is now whenever I see him, the first time I ever really saw him that I remembered was twenty four, and you like you're like, ugh, it's the boss. Yeah, and that, and that and that's that's why I saw him. I was like, <laughs> oh crap, I didn't realize he was in this, and he's just he's just a good actor. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. but like, well, like I said, and like obviously he plays a shitty character, but I think he plays it well. Right, and like because I mean you see him have moments of compassion, even though they're like through a veil, like with, with Helen. I mean, like when she's getting taken away he like pretends to care and i i you almost like feel it for a second and then you realize oh wait right he's banging that like 18 year old the undergrad yeah whatever however old she is whatever um the other person i want to give a shout out to is that the mom that he uh, helen kills her dog and like kidnaps the, the, the king yes mm-hmm. um i think she did a fantastic job i mean just that scene alone with the bathroom and like she's just screaming for her son, I, yes. I absolutely is chef's kiss, if you will. Yeah, like, <laughs> great, yep. great job, great job. She's also like to me one of the best parts of the new trailer too. Mm-hmm. That just that little that she gives. There's so much menace in that. Like there's so much threat. You're like, oh yeah, Candyman's no good. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, you guys are totally right. The the biggest con I have, yeah, is I hate the slimy professor dude and that, but it's so perfect everything about but the thing is you don't understand like i interacted with people like that in college i still interact with people like that if i ever decide to go out to like play board games or like play magic like those kind of people are the worst kind of people in the world in my opinion like i can't stand to be around them and i i imagine he probably smells really gross too and i just <laughs> i just hate looking at him I just I I can't stand it. I, there's just something about that kind of person that I just like. What, you're talking about like the friend, the husband's friend. Yeah, the, the mansplaining. Oh, okay. The, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. you guys think I was really, talking about? No, you're totally right. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I just I don't know. And the, the fact that he's at her funeral, it's just I don't know. Like I, he disgusts me, and I I I hate seeing him. I mean, he does a great job of being that. Oh yeah, you're, you're you're totally right. I just, but yeah, I no, don't understand is, his role in the movie, though either. To be a shithead, but the husband could have done that just as well. Oh, he did it, and he did a good <laughs> job at it. All right, fine. <laughs> just, all right, just, let's rate this sucker. Do we already talk about all our cons, or does anybody else have? I have no cons for audio. Can I give, a, can I give a, yeah, a, a quick? Uh, would have been a con if it had happened. What's that? You guys, do you guys ah, know yeah, who yeah. the original Candyman was supposed to be? I do. Who? I don't. Go ahead, Rachel. Eddie Murphy. Yep. No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Can you just picture? So, I, I would just want nothing but like that Axel Foley song from Beverly Hills Cop. Yes. <laughs> I almost like need to see that now. I almost need to see this. You know how they're doing deep fakes. Whoever out there is doing like the the um, like have you seen the one that's like Back to the Future where they've put in yes. Spider Man and yes. and mm-hmm. I want them to do that with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just picturing like. Donkey's voice. Yeah, like, I'm or what's, what's his character's name from like, Coming to America? Like... Or that 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 terrible accent? Oh God! Oh my <sighs> God! Oh, this movie came so close to being just oh, an yeah. absolute it came disaster. Really close. So I have a fun casting fun fact. Do you know who was going to play um, Helen if uh, Virginia Madsen was not available? No. 
Sandra Bullock. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now I'm just picturing it with Sandra Bullock. That's and what I'm saying. And oh. it's fake. Whoever, you, whoever out there who can do a deep fake, I want this oh so bad. God. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? So we think we're in the darkest timeline right now. Like, But... <laughs> On the other side of the the Mandela effect is somewhere out there is oh an Eddie Murphy God, the... Sandra Bullock joint. <laughs> oh, the the no. racial issues seem gentle now <laughs> in comparison to what this could have right? been. Is it the original Blind Side, like no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Do I leave that in the final podcast? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Any other cons? Nope. Before we rate no, this? None now. <laughs> yeah, now this is tense like, all ac- across, across the board. The board. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Larry, what is your um, score for audio? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I actually gave it a nine. I think it's really, really, really good. The score is amazing. And like I said, Tony Todd in this one performance, because like you guys already said, you kind of forgotten Day of the Dead and uh, Farewell to the Flesh. Like, Tony Todd cemented himself amongst the likes of Michael Myers and Jason and Leatherface with one truly great performance. And I think that that is amazing. Awesome. Justin, how about you? I actually gave it a 10. I I had wow, no problems with this. I like it. All right, Marcy, how about you? Uh, also a All 9. Right. And now I feel like a jerk. I gave it an 8. <laughs> I felt like that was a good score when I gave it to him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now we get into the most controversial section of the of the rating review. We talked about this before, how I never know how to approach this. And that is whether or not this movie is scary. Yeah. All right, who would like to go first? Yeah. I'll go first. I haven't <laughs> yeah, gone Mars, first yet. First. Um, why did I volunteer for this? <laughs> uh, there were parts that were... <laughs> legitimately really creepy like and i i mean watching her crawl through the hole through candy man's mouth in the wall you know the, the it's it's legitimately creepy it's really unnerving um it's hard for me to give it a, a scariness rating only because you know generally things that scare me are things that are suddenly revealed you know like not necessarily like jump scares or whatever you know but like there's a real solid just uneasy Mm -hmm. like something is hiding just around the corner kind of feeling to this whole movie and it didn't lag for me for me it was the whole time it just felt real real ominous so i don't know if it necessarily had that really punchy scariness but man it was it was it was tense i guess for me (laughs) yeah no i i would definitely agree like it, it definitely wasn't like a conjuring type of scare but it was like the mm-hmm. it was almost like a slow burn yeah to, i mean not even there wasn't even really like a huge reveal to, of something terrifying but i i have to agree like it it almost kept you on edge almost like you were waiting for the worst to happen but yeah. they never yeah, like yeah, yeah. i mean even like perfect example is like i'm sure if we were to have seen her kill the dog that would have been horrifying but we didn't get that they they were they kept the like really gruesome, scariest stuff. They they which is almost it's almost scarier at times. Yeah, no, what you're not. Yeah, saying, like they they definitely know? left it up to the imagination, and I think in a movie like this, it works, and it works so yeah. well. Agree, I agree. Mm-hmm. How about you, Larry? Is this movie scary? Is this movie a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you feel that this is a All horror? Right, movie? So I saw this as a kid. 
Oh, here we go. Um, here we go. The urban legend stuff is terrifying. Like Bloody Mary and Candyman are like right there side by side. And there are some pretty scary stuff and some images that are really hard. Like the dog is rough, especially. Uh <laughs> I mean you make it all you make it sound like we all loved watching that. I poor didn't say that dog. <laughs> I was saying, particularly for me. I mean, I, I know these like guys adults. like watching the headless dog, but it was hard for I me. Don't like animal violence. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Do but not, do not like. I, but he was happy that the cat almost died a bunch of times in Alien. I have two cats. Thank <laughs> Justice you. for Jonesy. One, Justice for Jonesy. One is officially my cat, so I am no longer that person. But okay, this movie isn't very scary to me. It's more like a romantic gothic ghost story, almost like Mary Shelley's uh, Haunting a Hill House, like the book. It's it's more, for me, it's more romantic than it is scary. And the biggest reason why my house scary score is going to be kind of low is I think the ending with Helen coming back looking as goofy as she did, especially when Tony Todd looks so intimidating as he did. Uh, really didn't land for me. So I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. Oh channel. yeah, like the ending of this movie, I think yeah. ruins a lot of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of just am like cutting that off in my mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and and I really I hope that they like cut that a for oh, this new movie. You know that's like so. I think like, they probably have the, the cockacity so. of that scene. Like they're gonna be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it, it's it's just like, I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of scary stuff in it, and when you're a kid, like seeing people and the bloody hook and all that. But for me now, when I watch it, I, it really does kind of just come across as a romantic ghost story. It really does. That's like that's honestly how I kind of see this story. I'm a little um, nervous about what your date nights look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I can't disagree with you. I'm the one yeah. who, like, was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd marry Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I did not find it that scary. Especially with that score. That score, man, is more just like a melody than it is like a terrifying thing. So Cool. All right, well. I thought this movie was very scary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, I think scariness is totally subjective. Absolutely. Like, we all have our own little things, like triggers of what scares us. But in a lot of ways, this movie has not aged well, as we have discussed. But I think it still works in terms of its scariness. Me. Because the movie feels, like, the setting feels very claustrophobic when they're, like, in the halls of Cabrini Green or, like, inside the, like, dilapidated part of it where it's, like, now his little tomb or whatever. And I think Candyman himself is so intimidating. There is, we've talked about, like, the sense of romance about him, but there's also, like, a sense of inevitability around him. Like, it doesn't feel like he has any vulnerabilities. Um, so Why, like, why do you, why do you say that? I'm, I'm curious why you think he has no vulnerabilities. I mean, how would you kill Candyman? By Fire, well, we find that, but up until he's actually in the pyre, which frankly wouldn't kill him because that's actually yeah. going to make him more like well, Every, like killing the babies. His actually bees are going to be on fire. He well, because is more we, dangerous. we know like what his, his his weakness, and he even admits it. Like it's it's a constant theme is that if he's forgotten, like if 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 he's not on the tip right. of his tongue, if he's not like to me, that's it's, it's very frail. Huh? I mean, I, the thing is, is like urban legends. 
are not fact-based. Like it, she could write an article about it not, or write a paper about it not being real, but like they, it's based in superstition, which is like, which is so like ingrained in the human psyche that like there is no stopping Candyman as long as people have heard of him and like there's a whisper campaign again about him, like he will always exist. I mean, it, it's very Nightmare on Elm Street. That's literally well, that's what like, I'm gonna yeah. say, right? It, it, or even yeah. uh, Friday the Thirteenth a little bit too, right? It's. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's, why, that's why I'm asking you. Is like I, I actually kind of find that idea a little bit vulnerable. Like it, it's a, it's a, like if you don't believe in me, kind of thing, then I can't hurt you, which I, I think is. I it, think well, there's a difference between if I I don't believe in you is one thing. If no, that as opposed to if no one believes in him, like he yeah. needs to be like everybody has to think he's fake for him to go away. Like it doesn't matter if you believe mm-hmm. in him or not because she didn't believe in him when she called him, and neither did the girl who was gonna like lose her V card to Tim Tim you know the Raimi brother yeah like thank you (laughs) (laughs) but the point is is like as long as somebody's perpetuating that story he is unstoppable yeah again I I wasn't trying to question you I was just curious because like I I actually find that a very unique weakness quote-unquote yeah I don't know I don't know I feel like yeah we disagree that's fine (laughs) we're still friends um (laughs) it's okay this happens all the time on our show but also I feel like because of Tony Todd's performance, like there feels like an inevitability, inevitability oh gosh, to him. Yeah. Well, you want to um, go to him. You want to be with him. Be my victim. Right. Like it's right. Like okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when he gets you, it's so freaking gruesome, man. Like it's one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. Uh, like getting torn from like crotch to throat with a, a little evisceration. <laughs> Yeah, it's brutal, man. And so, so yeah, I think um, I think this movie is really scary. But also, and this is the real reason I think it's super scary, um, is like yes, there are a handful of pretty effective jump scares, like the hook coming through the the mirror when she closes it or whatever. But um, it's more about these sort of visual gut punches. Like there's this like ongoing slow burn of um, tension. And then there's these moments where you just get like flashes of just absolute viscera or like shocking, horrifying things like the dog head or the kid that's been um, castrated in the bathroom. And it it just like you're so unsettled by it and it happens so quickly that like it just sort of knocks the wind out of you um, in a way that even a jump scare doesn't necessarily have the same sort of like lasting impact as as some of those visual moments do in this movie and i just i think this movie's really freaking scary man so i gave it a nine. Oh wow well, there you go <laughs> well, what about you larry three <laughs> i i gave it a three and a half good good guess rachel you know me pretty well uh yeah like i said like it did scare me as a kid with the urban legend stuff did bug me but watching it now i can't help but to feel that this is just a a haunting romance so okay how about you justin were you I also... give it a seven. No, I'm not, I, I I agree. This is a, it's a scary movie. I'm, yeah, I don't know. It was scary. All right. How about you, Marzi? Um, I because I mean I did think it was really ominous, intense, but it didn't. I don't know. I give it a five. I think it was just right right on the cusp of being something that I legitimately think is scary. I also want to circle back to something that Justin said that got completely overlooked because fire bees. <laughs> right. Thank you. Just so you know, I've been holding that thought in since you said that. And I was like, why are we just not going to talk about fire bees? Okay, Mars, here's the question of the day. Fire bees or land shark? 
Now, hold on. Can the land shark, does it have legs? It's a land shark. Yeah. Okay, so what are the legs? Are they, like, human legs? Because that's a very upsetting thing to think of it. Like, like, like fleshy, like, the, like, like... Like the shark guy from uh, the Flash show. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, shark. man, I thought you were going to start talking about street sharks. I was about to get or really happy. Shark, I know, <laughs> picture street sharks. Okay, street sharks it is. Street, hold on, okay, hold on, hold, hold on. Do they sharks? have the shorts still? Okay. Yes, they okay. do. No, hanging um, brain. Hanging brain. <laughs> I choose... I choose land sharks because land sharks are bigger, so you can see them right, coming right, easier. Right, right, A single fire bee could sneak right, up on you. Right, And I guess, like, it's over a lot faster with a land shark <laughs> if it gets you. Right, and, like, fire bees could envelop you in their mass, whereas, like, you can you can keep an eye on a land shark, you know? It's, it's, it's one guy, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just picturing, like, that part in Jurassic Park where the kids are in the kitchen, only it's you and a land shark. <laughs> I... I... Yeah, I would just hold my breath till I passed out and let whatever eat me. <laughs> I, I have to pick uh, biker mice from Mars or I abstain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best podcast ever. <laughs> All right. Okay, so any other thoughts before we get our final score here? Uh, No, I don't think, for me anyways, I, th- the- I don't think so. The one last thing that I forgot to mention in the visuals that I just really liked, it doesn't affect my score at all, was when uh, Helen hits him with the the hook, Mm. and then he just, like, pulls it out in that one tiny little spurt of blood. I just thought that was cute and funny. (laughs) (laughs) That made me think of when he, like, hooks the back of her neck, and the blood, like, comes pouring down her shoulder. Like, I felt that. Like, of all the gross hook action, something about that. (laughs) The gross hook action. <laughs> I don't know why I say the things I say, Justin. Don't ask me. They just come out of my mouth. But if you say it confidently, it sounds like a real thing. Yeah. It was gross hook action. Oh, see, there we go. Much better. <laughs> All right. So we're ready for our final yes. score. For plot, we gave it a combined score of 6.5. For visuals, we gave it a combined score of 8.25. For audio, we gave it a score of 9. And for scariness, we gave it a 6.125. Did you sing that nine because it was under audio? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Confidence. (laughs) And so that gave us the final score of 75%. That feels right. Very, very. Yeah, that actually does feel right. Like, I think 20 years ago, I would have been like, that's too low. But in 2020, I feel like 7.5 is right. It's fair. Yeah, 75%. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Hey, so that leaves us to decide what genre, this subgenre this belongs to. Now, Mars, in the doc, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. I put a link in there for you to their, they have a list of subgenres, and they select which one this one would fall under. I did look at it. I'm opening it up again to refresh my... It's memory. okay. I'm also opening it up again to refresh my... <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are going to need to. This one's super easy. Dude, this is your job. This is super easy. <laughs> okay, then y- you lead us off. It's ghost story. What is it? It's a ghost story. What, what else What else could it possibly be? There's nothing else that even comes close. It's a ghost story. Mm, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit. Where are bit. you at, Rachel? Since we, since we did our homework, between... we came prepared. What's... <laughs> i'm torn a little bit between ghost story and religion and the reason religion yes because all right the reason is there's something called an egregore have you ever heard of an egregore 
it's like a tulpa, except for that a tulpa is something that you create with your own mind. It manifests from your own mind. And an egregore is more akin to like a god where it's created by a group or congregation of mm -hmm. people. And so I kind of was thinking that because the way that Candyman is created is sort of this group, this like sort of hive mind cultural belief, he is essentially an yeah. egregore. And that would fall under religion so not non-judeo-christianity but this doesn't it's actually a really good point especially when you put it like that because if you think of like american gods like neil gaiman's book yes those are egregores so, yes uh -huh. like that's kind of how they function too right is the strength and belief right but I, and you wouldn't call those ghosts you call that religion yes right? but i think the difference here is that this is like well at least for me i think the difference for me is yeah. that Candyman was a real life person who is mm -hmm. Who the only way he? Are you saying Jesus was not a real life <laughs> oh, person? I am. <laughs> I'm just I am not talking on that one. Whoa! <laughs> I am not brave enough for that. I don't know your audience. This got too real. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is not a grenade I'm hopping on. I I I will say that Die my on the hill. Die on the hill. <laughs> I will say my confidence in saying that it's absolutely a ghost is shaken because you. That's great. You're right. I mean, yeah. That's that's a. It's, now I'm kind of split. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of was like, the obvious answer, I think, is, and I think you're probably right, it is ghosts, but I wanted to, like, not just jump to it, because I, like, looked at all of them, and I was like, ah, Sorry. I don't know, I kind of feel like maybe jumping religion, to conclusions that's fun. <laughs> I just, yeah, but, but no, I, I think that's a really good point, I, I, I like it, actually, but I, I think in my heart, I would go ghost, but I think yours is good. Fair. How about you, Marcy? Uh, I'm also going ghosts. I, uh, I do, like, I really like your... Aggregor? What was that word again? Aggregor. I that I think that's really awesome. I that I did I don't I'd never heard of that before. Um and I think it fits really well. I think in my heart I go ghosts though. Fair enough. How about you, Justin? Am I allowed to say biker mice for Myers or I abstain again or no? Uh you're gonna have to add it to your, your oh, choices. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't see it on the mask. I do not see it on uh, uh okay. Johnny John, here's Johnny Podcast.wixsite.com forward slash or forward slash blank. Oh, page. I hate that. I don't so. know how to change that. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I am not very tech savvy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I'm proud of how it looks, but there's some stuff on that webpage that It does, it looks I know. I'm fully oh, teasing. Lord. Like this the site looks great. <laughs> And you guys are fancy. Like you, we don't even have a logo. You guys get a new one every season. So, you know. also, I think you, I think you should add biker mics. I mean, Mars if if Larry's up for it, gladly. I, 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 you gotta find. All kidding aside, I, I do have to say, ghost. Fine, I'm going. I'm going religion Fine. with Rachel because I like I liked her Woo! logic. Well, <laughs> and she swayed me off of my uh, high horse. So it, it does say that uh, under our descriptions that Larry wrote up himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, the ghost is based on paranormal or supernatural entities that do not primarily. Ooh, I I'll, okay. So read that again, and then I have to switch to religion. Be yeah, because I was about to counterpoint you. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, it just says that they they don't receive their power from like a religious nature. And then but I think Rachel like, the whole that out. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess he does reference his congregation mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ah whatever i'm going straight ghosts <laughs> <laughs> oh. just to be a fly in the ointment yeah. fire be in the ointment 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am the fire bee. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up our review. Um, is there anything else you would really like the listeners out there to know about? Here's Johnny. Um, you know, any, any exciting things coming up that they might be in? Yeah. Um, like so we share? release an episode every Monday. Um, and it's just me and Justin talking and our schedule is announced to start each season. And then the next thing we're doing is a very short mini season on Resident Evil 3, the video game. We're going to play the old mm-hmm. one and then mm-hmm. play the new one. And then this is actually the first time we're talking about it. The next big thing we're going to be doing is a Ooh. Saw retrospective leading into uh, the Chris <laughs> Rock Presents Saw. Hey, okay, you you yourself has said that you're more excited for it than you thought you would I be. I still have to call it Chris Rock Presents Saw. Like I, I Featuring Samuel L. Jackson. Featuring Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, um, I found one of the video games. We're going to go through all the movies and kind of look at individual movies, but also like group a couple together so we get through a little bit faster. Um, Justin is a huge fan of the Saw franchise. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just like, I don't know if it, I was like the perfect age when they started coming out, but... I don't know. I have like a weird love for them, even though I know they're horrible. Oh, I do too, man. Okay. You okay. can you Good. can find us on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iTunes, Google Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to, we're on, and we love user feedback, and we also are always willing to be corrected or hear different opinions. So if you hear something or you want us to talk about something, we are open. And thanks to Rachel and Lars for having us on. Yeah, it was, it was oh a Oh my blast. gosh, thank you for coming on. You guys are, I had so much fun with you guys. Tonight. I know I gave you both a hard time, but <laughs> oh, all I'm that, used act, to it. That's, that's my love language. Like, I only fuck with people that I really <laughs> like. So it's true. My poor boyfriend. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't, I'm not a sweetie, warmy, fuzzy person, but if I mess with you and I talk shit, that means I really like you. So even though I've probably hurt your feelings last night, just know it <laughs> But yeah, definitely. Hopefully, you'll come back we again sometime because this was really Absolutely. fun. Maybe we could actually find one yeah. of those. Dude, and you guys, you guys got to have us back to finish off the twenty questions. Oh man. yeah, Justin's got to yeah, keep going. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Stump us finally. Yeah. What's that? You got to try to stump us. You failed. Oh, I'm. Hey, yeah. okay. We you are know, undefeated. I will. Okay, you want to get fucked up? I will. All right, that's it. <laughs> as long as you answer, <laughs> as long as you answer our questions correctly, Mister Undead. Oh, here we go. All right. Okay. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. That was some like 50 cal shit. I like <laughs> All right. Well, for those of you at home, hopefully you enjoyed the show as much as we had fun recording it with these amazing guys and the amazing Mars always. Aw. Uh, so if you enjoy the show, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes and let us know how much you like us. Unless you're going to give us a low rating, then no thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hit us up on our Facebook. We're always around there lurking and we'd love to hear from you. So I guess that just leaves what we're picking for the next show. Now, Mars, we we cut in line um, because like when Larry and Justin call, you do not put them on hold. Okay, you right to the front of the line. So we we pause and squeeze this episode in, but it's now your turn to pick. What are we going to watch for the next episode of The Stream Queens? Okay, so this uh, oh, no. this movie is it's on, it's streaming on Netflix, 
and I'm picking it because it sounds cool and it's got a cool little picture. Um, but we are gonna watch the Gollum. Ooh. What is this one about? The Gollum. The Netflix description is, as sickness spreads throughout the countryside, an infertile woman conjures a living child out of clay and sets it loose on her enemies. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm into it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm really excited. I've been wanting to see it. It's been on my list. Awesome. All right. I'm definitely excited to check that out. So next episode, everybody go home, watch The Gollum. All right, Mars, you want to take us out? Thanks for coming back. Watch the Gollum, and that's all, folks. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> I thought there was going to be like a song, like here you, you go. I don't know, like hey, it was the street. I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Proceed. <laughs> no, no, you're on a roll, man. Keep going. <laughs> Sing the biker mice from Mars song. Okay, I haven't actually watched that show in, like, 20 years. Lies. Yeah, I watched it, like, last week. (laughs) I think with Lost Boys is, like, for me, I saw that as a kid, right? And so there's scary images. I remember being afraid of it. I think that there is something deeply scary about oh. the idea. Eh. What? Eh. Okay, you know what? Eh. I got a bone to pick with you, Justin. How yeah, what's dare up? you? How dare you talk like that about the Frog Brothers? Yes, thank you, Lord How have mercy. very dare you? Oh my gosh. Oh I boy. I, I, I thought I pissed Justin off because I started sounding all that sass and like, I thought I made him mad. We had actually had a little like edited out conversation. Oh where no! I, because I just kept slinging it at him. I was like, you're so wrong. Like, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, no. I'm piling on. But come on, man. Come <laughs> no, on. They are, uh, no, they are. No. Mars, I will stick to, to my weigh guns. In. Weigh in. Okay. Uh, you listened to the Lost Boys uh, episode. How upset are you the way that Justin spoke about the Frog Brothers? Oh, you mean the worst part of it? That means oh you're so God. wrong. You're so oh fucking wrong. I mean, honestly shocked. Shut I don't up. think I've ever heard that opinion before. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I was dying. Oh, I know I could hear it. <laughs> I love Goonies. I, I own that on Blu-ray. My kids will watch that as soon as they're able to comprehend, and I want to send them out to go find their own buried treasure because... What happens if your kid is like, this movie sucks, Dad? Oh. Is it like... Adopt. Is it yeah, to the woods? Like, like, leave them to the elements? Like, Yeah, I'm like, all right, Sparta time. See, see if you can get home. <laughs> see if you can get back. We'll, we'll forgive you. Okay, all right. Oh, I, 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 I did drop a link in the cast ooh, chat. What is this? New tab. What am I looking at here? What in the Lord <laughs> is this? <laughs> <laughs> This is a real thing. Oh, have you never seen the show? Wait, do you not know Biker Mites? Nope. I mean, like, it was it, of the era of the, like, uh, what is Samurai Pizza Cats, right? Samurai, yeah, Samurai Pizza, Pizza Cats? Cats? Street Sharks? Um, you, you guys have never seen Samurai Pizza Cats? No. Oh, I have. Yes, I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are they actual mites? <laughs> yep. They're from Mars. Yep, they they drive motorcycles. They're, they they're are Mars shredded. Mice. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, their gravity level I is different. I can't believe I almost stopped recording. I'm so glad. <laughs>